Tom Woods Show, episode 1656. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. A lot of our people complain that the Pentagon spends and wastes a lot of money, but the damage it does to the American economy and to American society is much greater than just that. It deforms the economy in ways most people don't even realize. Get the full story in my brand new free ebook, The Pentagon Versus the Economy. Pick it up at militaryeconomy.com. Hey everybody, Tom Woods here. We're in the middle of another great week of episodes. If you missed yesterday's 1655, go back and listen to that one. Probably one of my favorite episodes of the past few months with the great Thaddeus Russell, who's always interesting. What a great conversation that was. It was wonderful. And then later this week, tomorrow, we've got Carla Garrick, our old friend, President Emeritus of the Free State Project, talking to us about what's going on up there, about Pork Fest, which is still going on this year. They're not going to cancel that. That's still going on. Normal life is going to resume, doggone it. So we're going to have some fun things to talk about with her. And then Friday, the great Michael Rechtenwald, formerly of NYU, lifelong Marxist until very recently, joins us once again. I'm delighted to be able to talk to him. What a scholar he is. And we've just added him as a faculty member over at libertyclassroom.com. He's creating his first course for us right now. Absolutely amazing. Well, today we're talking to Michael Heiss of the Mises Caucus of the Libertarian Party. And we're going to be talking about a little bit of inside baseball stuff. But I know a lot of us, whether or not you're interested in politics or even in the Libertarian Party, you still, you can't get enough of this stuff. You like to know what's going on behind the scenes. And there is word all over the place of shenanigans going on in the background. And this is coming from people who are not necessarily friends of the old man here. You know, these are people who I have no doubt have the best of intentions and who genuinely believe in libertarianism. They may not be the biggest Tom Woods fans in the world, but that in effect makes their testimony all the more valuable. That something, uh, something's rotten over there at the, uh, upper levels of the Libertarian Party. We're going to try and get to the bottom of that right now about a specific thing that has recently happened. Michael, welcome back. Good to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me. All right. You've got to walk us through this whole thing so that we can all follow exactly what's going on. Thank goodness we have people who know all the details and follow this day in and day out. All I know or all I knew up till recently was that there were some kind of shenanigans going on And I didn't know which side to trust. Well, that's not really true. I did know which side to trust. (laughs) I just meant I had no information. So I didn't know what to go on. And what's been interesting about what's unfolded is that it has not unfolded along lines you might have predicted, that that it would unfold along the lines of, well, I have supported the chair, so I'm going to support the position he's taking here. And I haven't supported the chair, so I'm going to be against it. It hasn't broken out that way at all. It hasn't been a neat break at all. And that's what makes it more interesting, frankly. And so I want to have you on to fill us in on what's been happening, because there are people who are inclined to think that this kind of thing is just not interesting and it's just a lot of inside baseball. But, you know, there's more to a political party than just its official platform and its Twitter account. What's going on behind the scenes is every bit as much Uh, every bit as important as those things. So a lot of this centers around the issue of what's going to happen with the Libertarian Convention, because obviously when it was planned to be in Austin in May, nobody knew about the pandemic and the problems related to that 
and venues being closed and difficulties getting there and people being locked in their homes and all this stuff. Couldn't have anticipated that. So it's legitimate that you would talk about in this situation, what is the best way forward? That's the part nobody has any real problem with. But it seems like uh, this presented an opportunity, perhaps, for people with an agenda to try to press that agenda. I'll just leave that there. Do you think up to now I'm telling the truth here? Yes. Okay, so that's an accurate description of what's going on. So what's the big deal about whether it's an online convention or an in-person convention or what the different plans are? Sort that out for us. So it has to do with the party's bylaws. And I will, I will admit in the past, I've been kind of a, oh, well, screw the bylaws kind of person because uh, it, it just gets so wonkish and like people almost like worship these bylaws. But I, I didn't realize that when I said those things, the ramifications of what could happen <laughs> if you just disregard the bylaws uh, blatantly. And, and what it comes down to is if you disregard the bylaws, you open up a pathway for the other parties to sue you and kick you off the ballot completely for, for not following your bylaws. So it, it all centers around the interpretation of the bylaws and, and whether or not an online convention is legal in accordance with those bylaws. And the bylaws being written in the 70s, obviously they didn't conceive of the, uh, the internet at that point. So that's, that's what this all centers around. And it, it really got hot recently after a nine-hour, atrocious nine-hour online meeting of the LNC where about six hours into it, they finally uh, determined that place in the bylaws does not mean online. And that's where everything kind of turns Okay, LNC, Libertarian National Committee. So why does that matter? So if if we define the internet as not a place, then what does that demand of us? So what that means then is that we are required to have an in-person convention. Like we're, we're required to have an in-person convention. And my understanding is that the language is such in, in many state parties that they require a in-person convention in order to properly ratify the presidential nominee. So this is can open up a, a whole can of worms where there's a huge fight between one side who originally wanted to have an all person and uh, all in person convention, another side who has tried to push an online convention, and that's the juicy part that we'll we'll get to uh, for for the agenda, and then a compromise that was proposed to meet in the middle to put the presidential and vice presidential uh, nomination online this coming weekend. Uh, and do the rest in person. Okay. Now, are there, first of all, before we get into, you know, the inside baseball stuff, are there logistical, legitimate logistical concerns involved with having an in-person convention under the present circumstances? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, one, there's there's ballot access concerns there in several states. Um, there's several states where if it's not done in, in within a certain time frame that they could be kicked off the ballot and they'll have to litigate that, and that's a mess. Um, but then there's also, the, you know, the concerns of with the with the different levels of uh, lockdown in different states that you might not even be able to travel depending on where you are and where you're going, and that's a big part of the uh, the fight as well. And then you know you have some people who are uh, really really worried about the health concerns, and and that is a big part of the uh, the fight that has been festering and building about the whole convention. All right. So now let's talk about what happened at this meeting. So like I said, the, the big thing is that they, they 
found that online is is not a place. So, and then they proceeded to then go forward with the compromise that I just described earlier. Okay, so what's the problem with the compromise? Is there one? It, it, it's not a problem per se. It's, it's that one side is displaying bad faith and, and doing everything they can to sabotage it, uh, to, to push forward a full online convention for, for a whole host of reasons. And, and again, there is a lot of dirty dealing going on behind, behind the scenes as to their motivations and why they want to do this. Yeah, so let's, let's get into why would somebody favor an online convention for reasons other than convenience? Because obviously we can see the argument for that. But obviously there's something more. If you're arguing this passionately about it, there's got to be something else going on. What is that? So two things. The main motivation, now everything that I'm going to, all the, I, I got to put it out there and I got to put a disclaimer. Everything that I'm going to claim is it comes from people on the Libertarian National Committee and it comes from the relevant committees connected to the Libertarian National Committee. So that's like the bylaws committee. That's the convention oversight committee that organizes and puts together the, the uh, convention. And, and even sections of the uh, executive committee, which is essentially the, the party staff. So everything that I'm about to say comes from multiple members, none of them who have anything to do with the caucus uh, and, and are, are not in my faction, so to speak. Uh, and then the other, and then the disclaimer is that I want it to be known that this is a minority of people. Like this is everyone on the staff has been great with me and in my entire relationship with the party. Uh, most of the people are on the board are good people. Uh, this is a minority of people who are colluding that that are well positioned. So that is really important. <laughs> but um, okay, the motivations. So the motivations are, as I've been told by at this point many people up there, is that they are afraid and hate the Mises caucus so bad that they are willing to essentially throw away the in-person convention because they are afraid that their faction, which is called, which is primarily the, what we call the pragmatic caucus will not show up to an in-person convention and that the Mises caucus people will. Now this is a really funny claim because the in-person convention is in July 8th to the 12th. And at the same time, the ever since they came to that agreement with the venue that's in Orlando, uh, the chair of the party, Nick Sarwark, has refused to sign off uh, on the contract. So I have no idea who's going to Orlando or not. I can't make plans. I can't organize people. I can't get Airbnbs. I can't do anything. So this whole thing is motivated uh, in part, large part, by they think that we will take over the party. And that's what they're telling people if we, if we have it in-person convention. And again, it's just funny because we only have two people who are running for spots on the, the national committee. We have uh, Josh Smith, who you've had on, who's running for chair. And we have another guy, his name is Rich Bowen. He's uh, on the audit committee. He's actually the treasurer of the New Jersey party. He was the campaign manager of uh, Murray Sabrin, who you've had on several times. Um, and that's it. We're running two people out of 18. And I mean, you've, we're at the point now where you've got members of the national committee calling state chairs saying, if we... Uh, have an in-person convention, the Mises Caucus will take over. We have uh, the executive director of the party, Dan Fishman, according to three members of the Convention Oversight Committee, saying that um, that he went to them saying, we have to cancel this convention or the Mises Caucus will take over. It's 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 gotten pretty nuts. So that's that's part of the uh, the motivation. The other part of it is, and this is where I'm start I start to hear fractured things from from other people, but 
certain personal motivations. So one of them just went up in smoke. And this was a popular one that, again, I heard from several people that that the chair of the party, Nick Sarwark, was hoping to angle for a vice presidential spot with uh, Justin Amash. And now there's a big food fight over why Justin Amash ended up not running. And nobody knows exactly what the reason is there. But if that was a plan on Nick's part, that just went up in smoke with him ultimately not running. You know, that's that's one of the uh, the rumors the uh, from from everybody on the committee. Yeah, the committees. And uh, another one is that he was offered a job by Joe Bishop Henchman. Now, Joe Bishop Henchman is on the bylaws committee and he's also running for chair and he's also endorsed by Nick. And where things get a little interesting is where you see what it looks like is that there is collusion between what I'm going to say is a rogue faction of the LNC, so that's Nick at the chair, the staff, that's Dan Fishman, and then the bylaws committee, that's Joe Bishop Henchman, who chairs that, and our friend Andy Craig, uh, to try to push this online convention. And at first, they tried to do it by exerting great pressure on the convention committee to tell them, we can't have it in person. That's, that's Dan Fishman telling them we have to cancel it. And to their credit, and there's people on there that do not like me, <laughs> um, to, to their credit, Apparently he was he was he was met with no that's not our job our job is not to pick winners and losers it's not to you know uh, take the interest of one faction over another when doing this we have to put on a convention in accordance with the bylaws and that's it and whoever works the hardest should win so now that 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 they got pushed off that way they're trying to ram the online convention in procedurally now where the bylaws committee comes in with all of this is so so one of the big problems with the online convention. Uh, as it stands right now, and this thing is starting on Friday, <laughs> there's absolutely no protocol that I'm aware of that governs this. There's no contingencies. There's no backup plans. There's no fail safes. There's nothing. It's all being done by the, the, the seat of their pants. And it's not even in the hands of the LNC. It's in the hands of the staff that is headed up by Dan Fishman, who told the convention committee that this needs to be can- uh, canceled. The bylaws committee did put forward a proposal, uh, a protocol for this thing, I want to say two or three weeks ago, that had just obscene language in it that in the event of an undefined technical difficulty would confer the business on the table in front of the delegation and give it to the Libertarian National Committee. Uh, So everything goes up to Nick. Nick has an endorsed candidate that chairs the committee that put this proposal forward. And then the, uh, the LNC member that I mentioned who may, is making calls saying to state chairs, saying that we have to cancel the uh, in-person convention or the Mises Caucus will take over is a woman named Elizabeth Van Horn. She's on the LNC and she's also Joe Bishop Henchman's uh, uh, on his campaign. So again, everything I'm being said right now comes from multiple sources, multiple sources on the LNC, on the bylaws committee. And, and on the Convention Oversight Committee who are privy to these calls, and they all corroborate each other. And there's even people out there uh, that, that I, I can't name who, who uh, have not come forward that actually have evidence, screenshots of different aspects of this, but they have not come forward, and I don't know that they will come forward. I think they're holding that as kind of the final bullet in the chamber, and they really do try to run away with this thing this weekend. But the, the online convention is just fraught with problems. I mean, even just logistical problems. Like, there's no guarantee of, of a delegate getting recognized. There doesn't appear to be any recourse if they don't. You can't put forward a motion if, if you don't get recognized. Uh, there's no transparency. You know, people could lag out. I mean, they, they, it's, just, it's just completely rogue. All right. I want to 
mention a couple things that I've seen. We'll do that after this quick break. Folks, as an insurance marketplace, Policy Genius talks a lot about how unpredictable the future is. And that's why we have insurance in the first place. And right now, life is pretty darn unpredictable. And there are a lot of brands out there telling you how we're all in this together. But when it comes to providing for your loved ones, well, frankly, that's on you. There's a big demand for life insurance right now. And if you're looking to get life insurance, as you should, you have a major ally in Policy Genius. And here's how they can help. Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies in one place. It takes just a few minutes to compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. And this doesn't just save a lot of legwork. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team gets to work. They'll handle the paperwork and red tape for free. They're in contact with the life insurance companies every day, monitoring developments helping customers navigate every step. So if you're one of the many people looking to buy life insurance right now, but you're not sure where to start, head to policygenius.com. Policy Genius will find you the best rate and handle the process completely. You can stop worrying about life insurance and get back to baking your own bread, adopting a furry friend, or just being a kind and considerate human being. All right, I want to get to a couple things I've seen, but first I want to just clarify something. This Joe Bishop henchman you've been mentioning, he's running for chair of the Libertarian National Committee and he has Nick's endorsement. So that's what you're referring to. So now what's been interesting to me is some of the stuff I've seen either recording, like there's a podcast that that I saw, a video podcast, and a series of Facebook posts by uh, somebody in the Libertarian Party, both of whom have knowledge of what's been going on and neither of whom has been involved in or necessarily sympathetic to the Mises caucus or Joshua Smith, the Mises caucus's endorsed candidate for chair. In fact, um, I've seen a number of people say, you know, I've been very critical of Joshua Smith before, but now I owe the guy an apology. Okay. I mean, the things he was saying turned out to be right. I owe the guy an apology. And that's been really interesting to see. But what I've seen are these things from people who aren't in our camp, so to speak. So they have particular credibility here saying that what's been going on and the activities of the chair are absolutely indefensible. There is there no, no way you can defend it. It's obviously meant to pursue a particular person's agenda and particularly the Amash thing. So apparently one of the things I've seen was that there was a call that went in from somebody on the Amash campaign. I mean, I think it might have been his chief of staff who called Nick. And basically what looks like happened is that Nick started to push for the kind of convention that the Amash people said they wanted. Is that right? Uh, Sort of. Yes. Uh, Basically my understanding, and and this is one of the things where I will be honest, I'm hearing different things from different people. So that's something to keep in mind. But um, it, it wasn't that he wanted the online, from what I've heard on this, it's not that he wanted the online convention per se. He wanted either the everything online or everything in person. They were not happy about the idea of splitting it up the way that yeah. we're doing it. Because right. essentially to them, because keep in mind, if we, if we do this uh, nomination this weekend online, and we are, it will still have to be ratified at the in-person convention down the line. And they were saying that this makes it look like just a presidential preference poll. Yes. Okay. And another thing that, that is really juicy, and, and I will name a couple names because they've already been out and, and uh, I feel comfortable doing that. 
Erin uh, Adams, she is a regional alternate representative. John Phillips Jr., he is a regional representative. There are multiple people who have received threatening phone calls from Nick Sarwark personally, you know, telling them that, you know, you need to get on the train or get in front of it and, and uh, or, you know, there's going to be a price to pay for, for challenging me uh, and, and basically just threatening them politically. That this is part of the reason why people haven't come forward. You know what I mean? Like now, Nick is not a very menacing figure. I don't think these are like threats physically, but people are worried about project, like having votes turned against important projects. For example, they're worried about having votes whipped against them out of hostility. They're worried about you know not being able to get to business and having their their lives made a living hell up there. Well, apparently, one of the common sayings coming from the chair to people privately is you can either get on the train or get in front of it. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> just, I, I, I wish you would say something like that to me, but, uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and like the, the, what you were referencing earlier is an article that was written by a guy named uh, Matt Hicks. Matt Hicks is the vice chair of South Carolina. He is a vermin Supreme supporter and has been a, a supporter of Nick, for a long time, he's been critical of Josh. And that's a common thread that you start to see is that it doesn't matter what faction, because that's the, that's the narrative that they're putting out. They're, they're putting out that well, the in-person convention is a, is a coup by the Mises caucus in order to take over when we're only running two people. And, <laughs> but everybody, regardless of what faction they're in, when they talk to the, the primary sources, comes to the same conclusion and, and they see the same thing. And it's not in a vacuum, you know, I mean, Nick has a history of lying and, 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 and attacking people's character. Uh, you know, he attacked your character. He attacked good friends of ours character and, and has a history of, of, of just alienating the liberty movement. And he has told multiple people, including uh, Karen Ann Harlow, she came out about this, that he point blank told people that his desire is to take the party to the left. And that makes perfect sense when you see like, he supported the gun control walkouts, for example. He was still calling the Covington kids racist after CNN apologized. You know, like it's, it's he's obviously motivated by, by some other agenda. I just can't imagine what's going through somebody's head like that. You're not going to get alienated Democrats to vote libertarian. They'll vote green. If they don't vote Democrat, they'll vote green. They already have a place to go. Whereas alienated people who say, well, I'm not happy with Trump, and I don't like the never Trumpers either. They're a dumpster fire also. I have no voice. What's so bad about saying, look, if you're for, you know, limited government or anarcho-capitalism or whatever, we're the voice for you. Like, what's so bad about that? Those are the people who have nowhere to go. And as far as I can see, almost none of them want to interfere with anybody's private life. They just, they just want a normal country where you can't have everything shut down at a moment's notice. You know, they just want that. And we can't even guarantee them that. It's too much to ask, Tom. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to be morally outraged uh, about the social issues too. You, you, <laughs> so that's that's the big thing there. But there's there's still a lot of other pieces to to this whole puzzle. I mean, so for example, during this nine hour meeting where online was found to not be a place, they went into this knowing that the so we, we talked about the compromise. They went into that meeting knowing what that compromise was and, and had it all written out. And, you know, at one point, Nick was trying to say, oh, well, all of the candidates 
want to have an online convention. And then in a debate the next night, every candidate, when asked, said that they wanted a, or I'm sorry, that he said that they wanted a digital convention. When asked, they all said that they wanted an in-person convention. Uh, the polls consistently show that the delegates, uh, you know, favor the the compromise. Well, in that meeting, it appears that, so there was a 40-minute recess, and it, it appears that in that 40 minutes, Joe Bishop Henchman added new language in there to try to at least put the LNC officer votes in this online, this online convention. And that's where this is really going to break down, because basically what we've done with that finding is we're openly acknowledging that we are breaking the bylaws by even having the presidential nomination. However, we have invoked, invoked what's called the impossibility clause. And, and it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's, if, you've, if it's found to be impossible to find or to follow the bylaws, you can disregard them, but you still have to everywhere else follow it as closely as possible. So the impossibility clause as it pertains to the president and vice presidential nomination was invoked under the pretense that if we, if we don't do this at the date that we had originally set out, Memorial Day weekend, and kick it down the, the uh, kick it down the road a little bit. That there are some states who are going to have deadlines passed. They're going to have ballot access issues and all that stuff. And this is why it has to be ratified. But by making that determination, they they essentially made it so that if somebody were to try to amend the agenda beyond just the president and vice presidential nomination, that um, that would be a direct violation of Barwell's. So these people are saying, "Oh, we have to put everything in there. Our our, our ballot access depends on it." while openly advocating uh, breaking the bylaws, which could screw everybody over for ballot access. You know, and then Nick is openly pushing for people to support an all online convention, <laughs> which would achieve that. I mean, it's it's gotten pretty bad in the past, like, two weeks. So what what are we supposed to make of this? What does this mean? Does this mean the party is just a you-know-what show and you got to get out of it? Or what does it mean you have to do more activism? What does it mean? What are we supposed to walk away from this with? Well, two things. Um, number one, I think this is going to have a happy ending. I, I do. I, I really do. It's going to be horrible. I mean, there's gonna, we're, we're probably, the initial, the presidential vote is probably going to go to two in the morning or something. They're going to try to pull out every stop this weekend to try to filibuster, to try to, to, try to hold it up, to try to wear people out. And, and do what they can. But it, it appears to me, and, and including every all the sources that um, I've talked to, that the support for the all online convention just isn't there. It just isn't there. So I think we're going to actually preserve the compromise. So they'll be defeated and, and that is good. But the other part of it is this kind of stuff, this open rank corruption and collusion, this kind of stuff wasn't, wasn't present when the Mises caucus first started. And I'm convinced that it has something because look, the main motivation is us. They're openly telling people that we are going to take over. Now, why are they saying that when we're only running two people? Here's why. Thanks to your support, thanks to the support of Scott Horton, thanks to the support of Dave Smith, there has been a flood of people into the Libertarian Party that are supporting us. So we now have either a majority or a large minority in many states. I mean, we have an outright majority in Washington, uh, in, in New Jersey. Uh, we're getting there in Maryland. We're, uh, we're getting there in Idaho. We have made great inroads in California. And California is a very, very important state. We have uh, the majority of the delegation here in Pennsylvania. It's, it's happening in Washington. 
I think I said that, but we, I mean, we really, really, and really fast have, have made a lot of ground and they see the writing on the wall. And my, my personal opinion is that this is all a death scream. It's, it's a death scream of the establishment of the party that wants to keep this a, a political party primarily, as opposed to a principal party or an activist party. Uh, and, and who, you know, they want to get in a, a, a money-making kind of candidate every four years so they can be consultants or campaign managers or they can bring in the big donors and solve the budget crunch that they always create somehow. And, and, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that the vision of the party that these people have has been the prevalent one for well over a decade, and that's all coming to an end. So my opinion is that they are flailing around in response to our success so wildly that they are openly showing their corruption and openly showing their snake-like nature to even their friends. I mean, again, I want to emphasize, this is a minority of people. Yes, there are people in the Pragmatic Caucus that are kind of looking the other way and they agree, they hate us, they hate our vision of the party. But there's also a bunch of Prags that are running against the corrupt Prags. You know, like there's, there's I mean, it's being seen all over the place and it's, it's out in the open now. And, and I'm really proud of that. I think we, we had something to do with that and it's needed. It's ugly. It's ugly in the short term, but it's needed. We need to heal from it. So if we did this, by my estimations, there was about 1,200 to 1,500 people that came in, especially in the last three months of 2019. If we can do this, if we can scare the establishment of the party into, I mean, revealing themselves so wildly with that small number of people, What's another 500? What's another, what's another, what's doubling that? What's another 1500? We can do it. And this is, this is the entire point of the caucus is that it's so much easier to get in and steer our own party than it is to go into one of these monstrous parties and try to say, all right, we're going to change everything here. No, this is our home. It's our home. And, 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 it, and we're not going to let it be taken by corrupt wannabe politicians. I think in this whole thing, the, the two things that stood out to me, were the, we have to do it this way or otherwise the Mises caucus will take over. You don't get to decide things on that basis. You know, even if that were true, you don't get to decide things on that basis. That's unprofessional in the extreme, to put it mildly. But then the other thing is, it's like, on the one hand, the bylaws are sacred, right? Haven't there been times, Michael, when the bylaws have been thrown in your face and we got to abide by the bylaws? There have, haven't there? Oh yeah, I mean the the last time the last time that this came up was somebody who was arrested for uh, trafficking minors sent us money from jail to try to become a member, and uh, Dan Fishman actually brought it up in the email thread, and and several people were like, nope, send it back, send it back, and Nick, you know, he was the the bylaw justice warrior that day. He came in and, and made sure that we we just had to accept this <laughs> this this convicted trafficker. And have him be a member because that's his right. He gave and and you know he he gave us the money. He fulfilled his obligations. He he filled that nap checkbox. You know and any other problems associated with that be damn. And it was it was never to my in my opinion it was never definitively argued that Nick was right in that argument. But I mean oh yeah they do this all the time. And yet all of a sudden it's like the well how would you say the bylaws have been treated in this case? Oh, there's no regard. I mean, okay. they're, they're trying to take the they're trying to take the inch that we've allowed for the president and vice presidential nomination and make a mile. And the consequences of this are are steep. I mean, if we sign this contract with the venue, we're on the hook for 
owing them. So let's say we put all of the business, let's say that we, they get what they want and we put all of the business into this online convention. So not only can we be sued and, and be kicked off the ballot across the entire country, we're still on the hook for that contract. And now we don't have an event to throw there and there's no fundraising. So then that's a huge financial drain on the party. And that's a big concern. I mean, this, these people are willing to burn the party down with them. That's, that, that's, that's pretty much what it looks like to me. Well, then what do you say to people who will listen to this and say, this is such a train wreck. Why in the world would I ever want to be part of it? Because it's a, it's a libertarian populist uprising within the, within the libertarian party. It's, it's, the, it's the Ron Paul revolutionaries and the honorable principled people within the party who, who are taking it back. They're taking it back from the corrupt elite whose who's watered down vision has run this party for over 12 years. And, and again, it's a death screen. These people have been well positioned. Their vision has been the, the de facto vision of the party for a while. You know, we, we're going to be vote chasers. It's all about, you know, every four years, oh, you know, we have to get ballot access across the country. And even though it didn't, you know, it, we got it last time, we have to do it again. Can't run any, you know, hardcore libertarians. That's scary. And, and that's all on the line now. Because I will tell you that the whole time, even when Amash was running, that seemed to be the secondary consideration. Like the, the LNC race and, and the future implications of that seem to be the big thing. I would say, the re- why would you join? Because what we're doing is working and we can take this party back and we can, we can implement it a principled vision and a, and a realistic strategy like what we're doing with the Mises Caucus. We can use the president to speak radical principles, speak the truth, to fire people up about our message, get them involved. And then once they're involved, give them a realistic and radical decentralist uh, strategy, you know, get involved locally, run locally, you know, start, start taking the, uh, the, the barometer of, of, uh, you know, whether or not you have a left leaning town or a right leaning town and start hammering them on the areas of overlap, you know, get stuff done and it, and it works. That's why. Well, speaking of getting stuff done, you get so much stuff done. I find it astonishing. The work you put into this is unbelievable. And the fact that after so little effort, you actually have some people afraid that you're going to take over the whole party goes to show what some elbow grease can do. So if people are interested in the Mises Caucus, which they darn well should be, as Ron Paul says, it's the libertarian wing of the libertarian party. How do they find out more? How do they join it? Well, let me, let me tell you something else that Ron Paul said too, that, that I take very seriously. In that same video where he endorsed us, he gave us an injunction and it's very important to me. Ron Paul gave us an injunction, and he told us that it is, job of, it is the job of the Mises Caucus to keep the party libertarian and to keep it honest. And that's what this is all about. And that is now, as far as I'm concerned, our job from Ron Paul. That is our legacy from Ron Paul. We have to keep the party honest and principled, and that's what we have to do. But as far as the, the links, I'll give you a shout out first. Go to tomwoods.com LP. You can sign up for the party there and, and give Tom some credit. That makes a statement. And then you can go to takehumanaction.com and join our email list. And you can even donate to Mises Pack if that's what you want to do. All right. So we'll put those links up at tomwoods.com slash 1656. So I like, I like the fact that you, that you bought Take Human Action. I, you know, I, that's, I, I feel anytime somebody gets a good domain name, it's just, I don't know, I feel like an angel gets its wings or something. But that was a really good <laughs> one. So, so, you, so I got two. You liked Mises merch too. Yeah, Mises merch is is good too. Yeah, that's right. So maybe I'll put that one on there too because who wouldn't want some merch in the midst of all this? So all right, well look, 
I'm glad you were able to come on here and tell the story because, as I said, I, I did some reading. I listened to some stuff on it, but I don't know how the LNC works. I don't know the inner workings well enough. I don't know the bylaws. So it's your job to follow this stuff and figure it all out for the rest of us. And I'm, I'm glad you're on the job and doing it. So I appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot, Michael. Got to uphold that legacy from Ron. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today. Remember my brand new free ebook, Your Facebook Friends Are Wrong About the Lockdown, is now available over at wrongaboutlockdown.com. Wrongaboutlockdown.com is going to get you that ebook, which I happen to think is pretty darn good. It, it just smashes the whole thing. So go enjoy that. That is your homework assignment for tonight, and I'll see you tomorrow. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at Podsworth.com.